0: Welcome in to another edition of the SCJ Preps podcast here on SiouxCityJournal.com. Thanks so much for listening, and we apologize. We didn't have an episode last week, but we had a little bit going on over the week, and we just had to regroup ourselves for this week, and we have done so. I'm Assistant Sports Editor Zach James, and alongside with me, as always, is Sports Editor Justin Rust. Coming up in this week's podcast, we'll talk about the 1A, 2A, and 3A Iowa High School Girls Athletic Union uh, pairings for the playoffs is, it's almost postseason time already in the winter and on the boys side in the Iowa High School Athletic Association they released their uh, playoff pods for all four classes so we'll break those down as well and of course we have sectional wrestling coming up this weekend that uh, Justin will touch up on as well but let's start off with the IGHSAU rankings. We'll start off in Class 1A here, Justin, and let's start off with Class 1A Region 1 as MMCRU is the number one seed in 1A Region 1, and they will they have a first-round bye. All the other teams play on February 13th, and all the teams that get byes don't have to play, play until February 18th when the playoffs start, and MMCRU is ranked 6th in Class 1A with an 18-0 and record. Uh, They didn't move down, nor did they move up in this week's rankings. And they'll face the winner of West Bend Mallard and GTRA. Justin, let's take this region by region. Um, Kingsley Pearson is the number two seed in that region. Uh, They face Grimson St. Mary's to start things out on the 13th. I think it comes down. I think chalk comes out of this one. I think it's MMCRU and Kingsley Pearson for the regional title on February 26th which will be played at Lamar's at 7 p.m. You feel that way too it's between the Panthers and MMCRU. Yeah, I think I think uh MMCRU got a very favorable side of their
1: bracket with uh I think Galen Catholic's the best team on that back bracket outside of them um and they're 10 and 8 so I mean I think I MMCRU, mean, MMCRU has not played them yet, actually, but yeah, I think you know that's that's the toughest team on that side of the bracket. Um, maybe I guess I haven't looked at Council Bluffs, St. Edmund, but I haven't heard much about them this year either. No, I haven't so, either. So that's a really favorable side of the bracket for for MMCRU to get to to get to the, the region final. On the other side, Kingsley Pearson, um, Akron Westfield's on that side. And Akron Westfield's had a decent season. Uh, in that aspect, by the way, St. Edmund's 0 17, so there you go. All right, um, but yeah, Akron Westfield's had a decent season, so I mean, they're I, I could see them playing Kingsley Pearson tough a bit. They've had some, some games where they've, they've played pretty tough. Uh, Sula and Christian's playing a bit better. Um, Cassie Jones is playing really well from the nine and nine, so maybe they could cause some problems here. But Kingsley Pearson has beat him, Kingsley Pearson has beat him 86 56. and that's the only time I can see him playing yet this year. So that's a 30-point win. So that's right. that'd be quite the deficit to make up here in that aspect. So uh, akron was on that side. But I, I do think it's going to be Kingsley Pearson versus um, MMCRU for the region title on that one. That That's an interesting game right there because both teams have dealt with some injuries this year. We'll see how healthy they are going in. Uh, Kingsley Pearson has been without their point guard for a bit. She's out for the year. And MMCRU has been without Ellie... Um, uh, one of the Dreckman girls for a little bit too. That's been a blow for them, but they've both weathered it. I I think it's M.C.R.U. versus Kingsley Pearson to get the state.
0: I do too, and I should mention that Kingsley Pearson is ranked ninth in Wednesday's Class class 1A ranking, so it would be number six against number nine statewide for that regional final if Chalk would play out that way, and I agree with you. I think it does. Uh, That would be a very entertaining game. I think Kingsley Pearson would – compete with MMCRU in that game. And like you said, they've only played one time, a 70-59 to win back in back on um, January 23rd. And Kingsley-Pearson is kind of on a little bit of a, a roll here. They've won fourth out of their last five. Their last loss came January 28th against Woodbury Central, 6'3", uh, 47 lots. They have Ridgeview, I believe, in the Western Valley Conference Championship on Saturday night. So that's that's another thing to look forward to for the Panthers. They have a conference tournament championship to play for on Saturday night. Yeah.
1: Taylor Hillbrands LA, LA, uh, Taylor and Ellie Ellie Taylor and Ellie Hillbrands have really picked up the pace without Drekman. Like I said, I do not know if she'll be back if she's out for the year or, or something. So um, but in that aspect you just if they have her back it's, just, it's it's a different game. I'd give the edge to M M C R U without her you know, with Jade Dreckman there, um, I'm sorry, with Jade Bartle there for Kingsley Pearson Mackenzie. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty tough combo right yeah, there. Is. And I don't really know if they've seen that type of combo yet this year. Um, in that aspect, um, they're looking at their schedule. they did face the Schoenhovens. Uh, that's more of an inside combo, more an inside-out combo though. Mm-hmm. Um, they did beat them by 11. They did beat Akron Westwood the first time around by 13. They beat West Sue by 10. I'm sorry, 12. Um, so, and they do have a win over Kingsley Pearson, 70 to 59. So, you know, actually, so yeah, like you said before, but that was with Dreckman having 16 points right. and eight rebounds. So that, that, that's why I want to see there. I think it'd be a, dip, a closer game, of course, but it'll be a tight game. I, I think it'd be tough to give the edge to either one of the teams. It'd be a 50-50 game without, without. Dreckman, I
0: feel. And, and we don't know if Dreckman's going to be healthy enough for that game. And if she is, regardless if she is or not, I think because she's been out, I think it is a 50-50 game either way.
1: Yeah, I do too. So that, that'll be a good get state game right there in Lamar. Yes,
0: it is. Yes, it will be. Moving on to Class 1A Region 8, Newell Fonder, the overall number one seed in Class 1A I believe. Yes, they are with this 18-0 and record ahead of Bellevue Marquette Catholic at 17-1. Newell Fonda is the number one seed in Class 1A Region 8. They'll face the winner of Westwood West Harrison on February 18th, and the regional final is February 26th at 7 o'clock at Carroll or Cherokee, depending on who they'll face on the other side of the bracket. The number two seed is Woodbury Central, and the number three seed is Cam of Anita. But I think that would be a very competitive game, too, if Chalk played out on that one, too. Woodbury Central and Newell Fonda. Woodbury's ranked 12th in this week's Class 1A poll. But I don't think Woodbury Central has seen a team like Newell Fonda yet this year, either, if, if it played out that way.
1: Yeah, not many teams have seen a team like New no, Fonda. I, I, will, I will say, on the other side of the bracket, Patton Sheridan has won, like, seven or eight straight games. I, I don't think. New is gonna have trouble with them though. No, but, um, I don't so and that think So I do think it's gonna be Woodbury Central on that other side. Um, I can't remember. I think Boyer Valley was good at one point too. I I, I can't remember if they dropped out the rankings. They're they're 10 and 8. Um, they're 10 and 8. So I looking at Cam Anita, they're they're 13 and five. So Cam's been decent too. So Cam, it'll be interesting. They'll have Boyer Valley in the second round and probably Cam to get to the regional final, So it's not an easy road for Woodbury Central in the first nope, place. No, it's not. Especially after losing to Woodbury <laughs> – or not Woodbury Central. Woodbury Central did not lose to Woodbury Central. No, no. I know, I know there's a thing of beating yourself, but that that's not the case here. Um, but, yeah, the loss to Ridgeview, only scoring 37 points against Ridgeview, I'm guessing they sold it down. Uh, I don't have stats from that game, but, you know, I'm, I'm guessing Ridgeview has sold it down. But that's that's a tough loss right there. So it'll be interesting to see if, what they do against Boyer, Volley, and Cam. When they face New Fonda, yeah, Maddie Paulson creates a matchup problem, but are their guards going to be able to play with Newell Fondas? And I just don't see that happening, to be honest. I, I think the guards have gotten better for Woodbury Central as the years gone on, but that's a tough task against New Fonda with the Seaver sister, Ella Larson, uh, Walker's playing well. I, I, I just see that as being a problem. And, and uh, I think Newell Fonda, I don't i want to say an easy trip to State, but I think they – they they're going to
0: punch their ticket to get back to state here and, I agree. and defend their title. So. I agree. I, I and adding on to that, Woodbury Central Newell Fonda matchup, if it happens that way in a couple weeks, I just don't think Woodbury Central can keep up with the pace that Newell Fonda can play with either. And I think that that is a big factor too. And if you look at the rest of this Class One A field, I can only think of a couple of other teams that can play with Newell Fonda's pace. I'm not. I'm trying not to put the quite before the horse here, but. I think you'll find definitely has a good path to get back to Des Moines. And I think uh, it's, it's house money from there for the Mustangs that they get to state, which last year uh, they d- didn't have much problems at the state tournament last year. So we'll see if that, that uh, repeats itself uh, coming up, coming up uh, in, a, in a few weeks or so. Uh, like we said, in the rankings, we do have four area teams ranked. This week, Newell Fonda being number one, MMCRU being number six, Kingsley Pearson being ninth, and Woodbury Central being twelfth. Um, only two new teams in the Class 1A rankings this week, Colo at 13th, Central Decatur at 14th, and then Central alcator at 15th, 15th there, East Buck and St. Albert dropped out. So, uh, I, I East, think... East Buck, not to be confused with Uncle Buck. No, no. God bless you, John Candy. But, uh, yeah, I I, I think New Alphana has, has a pretty good road to state. Obviously, they'll have a pretty decent time of things once they get to state as well. Moving on now to Class 2A. Uh, really one region for us to worry about, I think, here as I scroll through the Class 2A uh, regions really quick. I think everything else is Eastern Iowa here for the most part. Uh, yes, yeah, pretty much the Region 8, Southwest Iowa. But Weston Christian is the number one seed in Class 2A Region 1. They also get a first-round buy. Uh, they'll face the winner of Sibley Ocheiden and Rock Valley on February 18th at 7 p.m. That's a home game. The Region Semifinal is also a home game uh, should Weston Christian win that as well. They'll face the winner of West Sioux and Boyden Hall on February 21st in the Regional Final depending on who comes out of the other side. The number two seed is West Monona. And like Justin, you and I talked about earlier this afternoon, if West Monona does chalk it out to the regional final, that game will likely be at North. If Central line, the number three seed, yeah, the number three seed in that region uh, gets to the regional final, that game will likely be up in your neck of the woods, up by up near Georgia Little Rock. But I think, I think it's Western and West Monona for the regional title here. I don't see Western West Christian having much trouble getting to the regional final, but West Monona has a little bit of a challenge facing uh, the winner of Central Line and South O'Brien. I, I think that will be a, a challenging competitive game and then for the regional title, and of course West Monona is going to have to find a way to stop the Wolfpack.
1: Yeah, West Sioux hasn't been as good as everyone thought they'd be this year. Boyden Hall's been good, but not great. So I, I think Western Christian can get past either one of those two. I mean, yeah, they're going to beat Sibley or Rock Valley. Those two, especially Rock Valley, had a rougher year than usual. So it's that other side. If they face West Monona or Central Line. those are kind of two teams with different styles. You know, West Monona's got Mallory McCall sitting there. I mean, she's only averaging, let's see, like 20-some points a game. 25.1 points per game this season. She's hit 34 three pointers. So Lexi Landers has been has been good for them too. 135 rebounds. But Central Line's been a little bit more that that they can they, they can post you up a little bit more. Hayden Hymanson has been having a really good year for them. She's averaging 20.6 points. So uh, <laughs> we'll see what's st- which star shines brighter for Westmanown and Central Line in that aspect. Um, seems like West Monona's hit the boards a little bit harder, so I'm I'm, I'm going to give the slight edge to West Monona in that one. Um, they've been hitting the boards a little bit harder, so I think they'll be able to take out Central Lion. Uh, but I think Western Christian gets by either team. Um, I think West Monona gives them a little bit more of a fight just because of what they have guard with Mallory McCall. I think they give them a little bit more of a fight in that aspect. Um, I mean, Central Lion's had some, had some decent games, beating Boyd yeah. Hall, beating um they they really took uh Okaboji they lost in overtime to Okaboji earlier this year so they've got a good team but i think West Montana's got is a little bit more complete of a team than the Central Line I still feel there's some holes there and that's why i think Western Christian will be able to get them even though Western Christian is coming off a loss uh against uh, Cherokee um but you know Cherokee entered the rankings they've been in and out of the rankings all year so that's that's a pretty tough opponent right there when they're healthy Granted, they also lost a T area on Tuesday, so and they lost to healing. So but those are three pretty good teams right there. Um, you know, wins over Unity, wins a win over Esterville, Lincoln Central. That's a pretty good one right there. So I think Western Christian has the advantage. they it, it, I wouldn't be surprised to see them
0: tested by either Central Line or Westminster. Plain devil's advocate here. If you he were a voter. If there was a media poll for the girls' bas for Iowa girls basketball, which there's not, it's just run by the girls' athletic union. Western Christian's lost three straight to Cherokee, Healin, and T. Would you still vote Cher- uh, Western Christian in a media poll if if you have the opportunity to? I don't know. Three
1: straight losses. That's that's a pretty tough one. We're talking about 15 spots though, too. So yeah, I mean. Um... Let me look up T-area girls' basketball record. That's kind of the, the key thing there because we know how good healing
0: is. Yes. We
1: know, we know that Cherokee's in the rankings. T is 9-2. So, I mean, I'm guessing their rank. They're having a pretty good season. So, I don't think I'd drop them out of the rankings. They'd fall, but I don't think they'd drop out of the rankings.
0: And that's and a silver lining for Western Christian, they face Storm Lake on Friday night, who they beat 61-18 to 18, uh, coming out of Christmas. And then they have Spirit Lake to close out the regular season. And then they took care of spirit Lake last month as well. So if they can close out the regular season with two convincing wins, kind of get some confidence back under their uh, back on their shoulders that can help them propel Western Christian to a deep postseason run. And who's to say that they can't get back to state just like they ha- have in several past years. And, and they are very familiar with the Des Moines scene. And I, I, I I don't want to say they can get back there because we have plenty of time to talk about that in the next three weeks, but they, I think they certainly get to the regional final.
1: Yeah, I think they make the regional final. It'll, it'll be interesting. Um, they got Storm Lake uh, on Friday night, and they got Spirit Lake on Tuesday. So, uh, so they got two get get-right games right there. So yep. they can, if they can write the ship, I don't even know how much I have to write the ship. Um you know, because they only lost a T T by two points. They only lost to Cherokee by five mm-hmm. points. They did lose by 14 to Heelan, but Heelan's really good. So, um, but yeah, I think, I think they do make it to State. They make it to the region final. I think they are tested by either Westman owner or Central Lion, but still still move on to State. So.
0: Moving on to Class 3 as you're, listen, as you're listening to the SCJ Preps podcast here on SiouxCityJournal.com. I'm Zach James. He's Justin Rust. And in Region 1 of Class 3A, and I think this is the most interesting region of the 24 that came out on Wednesday. Heelan is the the number one seed. They don't get a bye. It's only an 18-team region in each region in Class 3A. They'll be facing off uh, against Sheldon in the regional quarterfinals at home on uh, February 15th. And then the other three games in that regional. Do involve all involved Siouxland area teams. West Lion faces Sioux center. The winner of that likely faces Heatland. And on the other side of that bracket, Cherokee uh, hosts OABCIG that same night and unity in unity and MFC Floyd Valley, uh, square off in an in town of uh, rivalry there at five o'clock on February 15th. Uh, the winner of Cherokee OAB CIG will face the winner of whoever comes out of or- the orange city battle. Um, And the reason I think this is interesting because, one, Cherokee and Bekeland are in the same region. And I think that does end up being your regional final in Orange City, regardless of which high school gets to host it. But I think that Unity, MOC, Floyd Valley is, is an interesting game. One, because I'm always fascinated by that rivalry. I think that's one of the more interesting rivalries in the state. And, yeah, it goes back to the two state title games. That the two teams played against each other last decade, but um, I think that that's an interesting game. UTD's been playing well, MOC's had flashes of playing well, and whoever comes out of that Orange City battle, it's not going to be an easy test. It's not going to be an easy game for Cherokee. That's going to be that's going to be a battle as well. And the winner of that uh, semifinal will certainly earn the right to face Healin uh, com- coming up here on February twenty second.
1: I think Cherokee would love to play MLC Floyd Valley right now because MLC Floyd Valley only has two wins in their last nine games or seven games.
0: I said they
1: had flashes. Yeah, so they're on on a rough patch right now. Unity beat them by 12 points last time they played. I mean, MLC Floyd Valley is good, but they're they're in a pretty rough patch right now. So I think you'll see it as Unity and Cherokee and – those teams have been up and down this year. Unity has been for unity. It's been, um, it, it, both Schoonhoven's have been awesome. Those two are basically getting a double double all night. Um, Gracie's actually like flirted with a triple double. I think she actually had a triple double last week. So Schoonhoven had two double doubles and missed a third one by one rebound. Yeah. So those, those two have really been powering them. Um, nice ones against West Sioux. Um, they did lose to Healin by only three points. They lost to Western Christian by uh, seven points. Um, you know, they got the win against Boyden Hall. They do have a loss to Lamars, though, which is a little interesting. Yeah, that's, so a, that that's good. interesting. But that's really the only they, – they, they did play Cherokee to start the season, a 63-60 game that Cherokee won. Um, they got Akron-Westfield as their final regular season game. It'll be interesting to see because, like I said, it's been a consistency thing. You can always count on – Gracie and and Janie Schoonhoven, um, one's averaging nine. Janie's averaging nineteen. Uh, Gracie's averaging fourteen. Janie has two hundred two rebounds. Gracie one hundred twenty three and uh-huh. rebounds ninety three assists. After that, you know Tyra Sweetman had a nice game last week. Is that going to be your number three? They need a third person, whether it's Ty- Tyra Sweetman, Tyra Holstein, Jenna Bauman, or Emma Biker. They need that consistent third scoring threat. They're not exactly getting it. They'll get it from some games. One of them will step up and they'll get that third. But it's not been a consistent enough basis for them, and that's what they're going to need against Cherokee uh, in that aspect. Because Cherokee has has the three scores there. I don't know if they have enough inside, but they do have Jermaine Nichols, and she'll match up inside against one of the Schoonhovens.
0: Right.
1: Then you have you know it's Alexa Pingle and. Slaughter Slaughter's averaging eight point two. She's not averaging as many points as I thought she would, um, so that's kind of the key there. If she can have a consistent night too, because both teams have been inconsistent. But Cherokees has come a little bit more when they've had players injured. Um, they're on a nice roll right now. Their losses are to Bishop Garrigan and Estherville Lincoln Central lately. Western Christian Newell, Fonda, Sioux City West, and and it's just it, when they're when they're all healthy, they seem to be playing really well. They got the win over Western Christian earlier this week, like I said. And I feel they can play a lot of different styles, and that's going to help them in this aspect. So i got to give the edge to Cherokee, but I can see that that would be a really good game between Cherokee and Unity right there. Um, and Helan's got to look out for West Lion, who is 13 and 13-5, but I think they get past West Lion easily, and I think no matter who wins between Cherokee and Unity, I think Helan's able to keep them in check. I don't think either team has enough weapons to keep up with Helan. I think we have Ella Skinner down low. She can match up with the Schoonover. She can match up with the Jermaine Nichols. And I think that guard play is something that's going to overwhelm either team, which hasn't got, especially Unity, which hasn't gotten enough consistent guard play um, out of some of their kids. Same with Cherokee. You know, Pinkle's been good. Slaughter hasn't been as consistent as you want. She's still good, don't get me wrong. I'm measuring this against Heelan. I, I think that's where Heelan gets them. They're able to match up enough down low with Skinner, and they get, Really good guard play for some turnovers. I think they head off to state again this year.
0: And, and, and the, the interesting thing about this region, too, is the site of the regional title game. It's in Orange City right now. Now, the state does reserve the right to move regional final site um, if, if they need to for the regional final. They did it last year with Montezuma, I remember. But um, it's interesting that that game does stay in Orange City, and it does come down to healing and unity. For that regional final, I do agree with you. I think it does come down between uh, Cherokee and Helin, but if it's, if it's unity that comes out of that, that's a consummate home game for unity, and that does give them a little bit of an advantage. I think I do believe in home court advantage, especially uh, when it gets late into the season like this. But I don't think Cherokee and Helin will have to worry about that, and I do agree with you. I think Helin just has too much little their de- their defense. It's just continuing to lock down teams, especially on that high side of the zone. And I I do believe that healing comes out as your regional champion there.
1: This is my favorite final site, site though, because it says MLC Floyd Valley or Unity Christian. So it's like if Unity is there, they won't play it at Unity. They'll so play the moc, yeah. But it's in the same it's in the same town, <laughs> so that's the best part. Yeah. So if unity doesn't make it, is it at either one of them? Like uh, that's kind of that's funny. what I'm saying. This, if, no, it's no.
0: Between, if it's between if between Cherokee and Healin, it could be like somewhere in like Lamar's or somewhere more centrally located between Cherokee. And well, Lamar's Lamar's is already hosting one that night, so oh yeah, he's right. already hosting. So, um,
1: ah, like Healin so.
0: host one. Or let Do- Dort host one, I don't know. Put one <laughs> in the Sioux Center, I don't know. Moving on to Region 2, uh, Okaboji is the number two seed in Class 3A Region 2. Uh, Clear Lake is the, the number one seed in that region. They're, they'll face Garner, Hayfield, Ventura uh, in that quarterfinal. Okaboji faces Spirit Lake, and the winner of that game faces ELC against Algona in Okaboji in the semifinal. At 7 p.m. on February 19th, uh, the regional final is in Humboldt or Algona uh, for that regional title. And it's that game will be played on February 22nd at 5 p.m. That, that would be an interesting regional final between Bogie and Clear Lake. Clear Lake is ranked fourth right now. Uh, the Pioneers are ranked ninth, number four against number nine. Clear Lake is 16-2. and two. They stayed... In the number four spot in the rankings this week, as did Okaboji in the number nine spot. Um, Okaboji with eight and eighteen and one record, Clearly does have two losses. He in is second. I don't know if we've mentioned that yet. They're fourteen 3 three. Number two, Dyke New Hartford at number one at seventeen and one. But I think it does come down between the Pioneers and the Lions for that regional final in Humble or Algona. And from what I've read, what I've kind of seen on social media, Clear Lake is a very, very good team.
1: Yeah, Clear Lake is pretty good, and I, I'm not. It's going to be a pretty tough road for Okaboji to get there. Um, heck, it's going to be a tough road for Esterville to even get to their next round. They have to face an Algona team that just actually beat the aforementioned Clear Lake Lions. Oh, forty-eight, forty, forty-five on Tuesday. So. Algona is all of a sudden in this mix because the only other loss for Clear Lake was to Waverly Shell Rock. Um, like you know, also they have a win over Mason City. Um, they actually beat Algona by like 23 points the last time they played. So, so... good turnaround for hey, Algona, hey, there's... I believe, the Bulldogs. Yep. Uh, hey, there's your home, home game for Algona <laughs> getting them, and they also, yeah. and like. About a few days before they'd beat Crestwood sixty-eight to fifty three. So a very
0: good Crestwood team. yeah.
1: A very, so that's a really good win for Clear Lake, then they lose to Algona. So watch out for Al- Algona a little bit there against Estherville Lincoln Central. Um so that'll be an interesting game. So Okaboji's gonna have a tough test. Esther Lincoln Central lost like three out of four. They've won three straight since, but it's against Spencer Harris, Lake Park and Storm Lake, who aren't really that good. Spirit Lake actually has a win over Estherville Lincoln Central uh lately, fifty 55- five. Forty six, so I think Spirit Lake is a decent team. They're not great, but they're decent. Um, so that's an interesting test for Okaboji. I think they get by that. So I'm a little more concerned if they play Algona with the way Algona is playing right yeah. now. Yeah, I think they can get past either team, but uh, they're going to have to watch that blueprint of how Algona beat them, uh, beat Clear Lake because uh, that that's going to be a pretty tough game for Okaboji. They've got the pieces though. They've been playing really well. Um, they rebound so well with Camry Jones, Stumbo, and Um yes. They hit the threes well. They, they can score a lot. So I think it will be a track meet if they face Clear Lake. I think both teams get up and down the floor pretty well. So that should be an interesting game. Uh, I think I'll go in a slow down against them, but I don't really know if that's Okoboji's thing they can do is slow it down. Though That would be a new thing for them because I think they can get out and run. Um, that kind of plays in the Clear Lake's hands, so I think it's a 50-50. i'll I'll give the edge to clear lake since that's what they'd like to do and when you're the better team you want to kind of when you're playing the better team you want to kind of throw a wrench in there so it'll be interesting okaboji has got a fight to get to state but you know most teams do and an eight versus uh number nine i believe to get the state and i'm sorry four versus nine to get the state and i'll give the edge to clear lake because that win over crestwood but it should be a pretty good game between clear lake and uh and and Okoboji to get to state, as long as it gets to that point for, for that aspect. But yeah.
0: So the first time in the twenty eight and a half minutes we've been recording here, I'm gonna disagree with you. I'm gonna go with the pioneers to come out of this region and, and I think they're adaptable to whatever gets thrown at them. Now, yes, they are not undefeated. I understand that. But I think the pioneers have enough um weapons, especially in the backcourt that if, if a wrench gets thrown in there, they have the ability and they have the players and the shooters to kind of adjust. If they need to attack, they can attack. If they can uh, hit from mid-range, they can hit from mid-range. And if they can hit from deep, they can hit from deep. Now, are they a beatable team? Absolutely. But when you have a team like Okaboji that can beat you from all three areas from of the half court, that's going to be tough to do. And I just don't think Clear Lake... Has the ability to slow a team down like Okaboji. Now they're going to try to, but I I agree with you from the standpoint it's going to be a track meet. I think Okaboji has the better athletes to withstand that track meet.
1: But why would Clear Lake want to slow it down when their game when they do get slowed down they lose, and the games they've lost the games have been slowed down when they speed it up they they clearly have the advantage, they've had the advantage of the other, other teams. So, I don't know. Like, Okaboji is going to be the one of the team that wants to slow it down, I think, more than Clear Lake. I think Clear Lake's going to want to play at a, at a fast pace. And they got people that can make shots too. I don't know if they have quite the athletes as Okaboji, but it, it they've played a tougher schedule than Okaboji. Um, not get not not a knock at the Siouxland Conference, but. You know, when you look at the ranked teams that Okaboji has played, it's been. Emmetsburg. Yes. And that's it.
0: And for Clear so,
1: Lake, uh, Crestwood. Crestwood. Waverly, Waverly Shell Rock,
0: Mason City. Yeah. So. Um, so yeah, it, their, it, their resume is very, very good. And, and I think it will be a very competitive and very fast paced regional final.
1: Yeah, it'll be pretty fast, they it'll, it'll be interesting to see how that game goes to get to
0: state. So And that's it, I think, for the three A regions. I think we only have let me scroll down through these one more time. That's Central Iowa. That's that's a very region four is a very uh how do I want to say it, a very spread out geographic region there. Uh probably Crestworth's yeah, assumption inter- for the regional final.
1: I was very interested to see an Illinois team in there.
0: Kidding, kidding. There's no okay.
1: Illinois teams in the area. There's no record.
0: Illinois. No, no, there are not. <laughs> I hope there are,
1: yeah, anyway. It, it stretches all the way from Walk-On all the way to, yeah, I'd say, da- well, would it, would it be, yeah, Davenport Assumption would be the, the furthest one out there south, is what I'd say. So, yeah, yeah. from, crust, well, from Tipton Walk-On too. all the way to there. Yep, Tipton is a little, but Tipton's also just about, Straight west, so it's kind of an easier drive from Crestwood to Tipton. You got to go a little farther uh, down the interstate to get to Davenport. If, if they're taking the route, I think they'd take. So
0: yeah, I would too. And I've region... made a couple
1: trips to Crest, Crestwood when
0: I was, uh, Cresco when I was in Waverly. So yeah. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> so yeah. never been. To, I've I wanted to go to Crest Crestwood last year when uh, Walkon and Crestwood played each other last two and I was in Macross and I had the night off, but it was just too far of a drive for me to make it to Crestwood, but uh, that's a very good team. Sharon Goodman's going to be, uh, like, I, like I've said in past podcasts before, she's one of the top seniors in the state. She's not number one, obviously, but uh, Crestwood is a very good program, and that region's going to be very tough as well. Let's move on over to the boys' side of the postseason now and look at the pods for the Class 1A uh, districts on the boys side now granted the brackets aren't out yet they won't come out i don't think for another week week and a half but we can kind of break down what teams are in each district and have a little bit of fun with that let's start off with class Wednesday district number one and the teams in that district are Akron westfield galen george little rock hinton hms kingsley pearson mmcru south o'brien and trinity christian now the winning from that district will face the winner of district number two, and the teams in that district include Bishop Garrigan, Glenn Rolston, GTRA, Harris Lake Park, Newell Fonda, Patton Sheridan, St. Edmund, Storm Lake St. Mary's, and West Bend Mallet. Now, when I look at this, Justin, uh, this is kind of a competitive uh, two sets of districts here, but like we talked, like you and I kind of talked about this last week, I think the two teams in the sub-state final uh, for Class 1A, substate 1, it would be. I believe it's going to be between South O'Brien and uh, Noel Fonda. But um, South O'Brien's had a heck of a season. You just did uh, the Siouxland Athlete of the Week which Jackson Lusher. He's had a he- heck of a season so far. And I think he's going to help carry the Wolverines, granted, to the district final and maybe even to the substate final as well.
1: In the district one, I could see maybe George Little Rock making some noise. There. they got some talent, but I haven't quite put it all together. But, yeah, it looks to be South O'Brien being the main team in that. Hinton's had some moments, but not enough. So I, I'd say South O'Brien has the edge over George Little Rock. On that other side, yeah, I mean, Newell Fonda seems like the team to beat in that side. Um, and I, I think South O'Brien's clearly better than Newell Fonda. I think it would be a decent game. But, you know, I think this is looking good for South O'Brien too. To get the state right there with with everything they've got out there, so
0: yeah, and, yeah, and I, I
1: really I really like this matchup for for South O'Brien.
0: I do too, and I think it I think it's to South O'Brien's advantage too that they face a team like New Fonda. Now, granted, New Fonda has played well this season, even with the lots of Bryce Kopic being uh, transferred to West Sioux, but South O'Brien having a fifteen and three record, they haven't lost. Since that West Sioux game on January twenty fourth, that's five straight, and they have before that loss to West Sioux. They the last loss was to Remsen St Mary's on uh, December thirteenth. Lusher is the leading scorer with twenty one point nine points per game. He's shooting fifty six percent. But uh, Zeke Lundquist is right there too at nine point six points per game, and Tristan Wilson at eight point four and. Uh, Kylie Yates, the Wolverines' boys' basketball coach, calls in uh, mostly every night uh, with their games. And he lists out those three mostly on a consistent basis. He will throw in a guy like Alex Alex Prestes. Maybe a Caden Hale had a good game here and there. But really, it's that big three between Lutcher, Lundquist, and Wilson that kind of carry the load for the Wolverines. And Lutcher scratched the boards as well with 113 rebounds, uh, 92 defensive and um, he he doesn't have any blocks, but he hasn't committed many fouls either. With only 26.
1: Yeah, he's he's a pretty good, strong, heady player out there. And yeah, I, I think it's 300. I know the stats won't back me up on this, but I think it's 300 because Zeke Lunkus can score 15 to 18 points on any given night. Given the matchup, Tristan Wilson can as well. So it's kind of just a matchup how they get it. Jackson's going to get his, and he spreads the ball around pretty well. So. I really like that. And for New Fonda, you know, that loss to South Central Calhoun by one point, um, it's a pretty tough loss. It'll be a tough game, but I don't think they've, they, they've had the schedule West Sioux has. They did beat Western Christian earlier in the year. That uh, the first game of the season. Um, but, you know, losses to East Sacks, Spirit Lake, and Cherokee. Um, they did beat OABCIG, but those are kind of their strongest wins right there. And so I think South O'Brien's played a pretty tough War Eagle schedule. Um, I think that's going to help them out here, and, and I think South O'Brien finds their way to state.
0: Now, on the other side of that district is New Fonda. They've got four losses on the season. Three of them came in a row uh, right before the holiday break to Spirit Lake, East Sac, and Cherokee. But they came; they went into the, the holiday break with a win against Manson Northwest Webster and went on a 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9-game winning streak before South Central Calhoun. Uh, ended it with a 77 76 win uh, last Friday against uh, at South Central Calhoun, and then uh, Newell Fonda bounced back with a 30 point win on Tuesday against Grandincher Taylor. But um, they have new the Mustangs have two scores in double figures who's averaging double figures. Aiden Mahler has 15.3 points per game, and Trey Youngers. I'm sure he's related to girls coach Dick Youngers, uh, has 13.4 points per game. Uh, Marler's shooting right around 51%. Um, and, and it's a balanced uh, rebounding effort, too, with Colin Temple leading the way with 73 rebounds. Garrett Meyer with 64. Tanner Gurke with 62. And Trey Marler with 59. So the Mustangs aren't afraid to crash the boards, which is good. And uh, but I think they need a little bit more scoring out of Trey Marlow and Tanner Grookey for the Mustangs to to upend the Wolverines in that sub state final if it comes down to that.
1: Yeah, I just think the Wolverines have faced a better schedule, and I think that'd prepare them for this. And I, I, like I said, I got to
0: give the edge to South O'Brien in this. I do too, I do too. And I think South O'Brien uh, will get there over Newell Fonda in district number one in class 1A. And district, let's see who. What other districts have local teams in here? Let's jump over to District 15. Uh, we well, well, no local teams, but they had to face the winner of District 16. And the teams in District 15 are: are Weva, Boyer Valley, Portland Christian, IKM Manning, Logan Magnolia, Mor- ah, Logan Magnolia, Riverside of Oakland, Saint Albert, West Harrison, and Woodbine. And the winner of that district would have to face the winner of District 16, which include Lawton Bronson, Ridgeview, River Valley, and Christian, Remsen St. Mary's, West Monona, Westwood, Whiting, and Woodbury Central. Um, The winner for me in District 16 out of that, I think it's by far and away Remsen St. Mary's. I think they've had the tough schedule. I think they've had the most consistent season. I think they've had the most, the deepest of scoring. And I think who do you think else in that district in district 16 can really challenge the Hawks right there?
1: I mean, I just, I don't know who, I mean, Lon Bronson's shown flashes, but not that good of flashes to knock off rooms in St. Mary's R- river Valley has a nice one against Siouxland Christian, but in the long run, I just don't see them matching up well with in St. Mary's and Siouxland Christian. I mean, if they could put it all together, yeah, maybe, but they haven't. So I they don't, have it. I don't, you know, that might be the, the district final game of Remsen versus sudan Christian. But to me, I just don't know if they're a complete enough unit to compete with Remsen St. Mary and, and, and all the, the talent that they have. I mean, Sulan, I mean, Sudan Christian has that loss to to River Valley and the other ones to OABCIG. And I, I just don't know. I don't know. I know they're 15 and two, but to me, it's, it's kind of an empty 15 and two. So I need to see more out of them for I feel I can test the Rams St. Mary's who, you know, yes, they lost South O'Brien. Yes, they lost to West Sioux. But they have another one against South O'Brien. They face West Sioux coming up. They got T-Area on Saturday, actually. So I just don't know. I don't know. They got the win over Unity, which I think is just as good as Siouxland Christian. I think Siouxland Christian can test them. But between District 15 and 16... This is Rems and saint Mary's to lose. I got a nice clear road at to to state. I mean, I District 16 to me is completely tougher than District 15. So you have a Boyer Valley there, but Logan Magnolia has shown okay times. I think I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking completely wrong. But I think right now this is Rumson-St. Mary's spot at state to lose.
0: I agree. But uh, going back to Sue and Christian for a second, their next test, if, if uh, their next game, their next test, test, whatever you want to call it is on Saturday night against OABCIG, which I also believe is a conference tournament championship, but don't quote me on that. But OABCIG beat um, Suleyne Christian just a few days ago, 64-43. So do you think the Eagles can kind of turn it around? I don't know in just a few days. I just don't know if that's a a long enough turnaround for Suleyne Christian to figure enough stuff out
1: it'll be interesting because OABCIG can be up and down. So um, it, it is enough time with the talent Siouxland Christian has. They should be able to test him. But OABCIG got him pretty nice that first time around. So I'll be interested to see. And if Sulan Christian knocks off OABCIG, I'll consider him a bit more against Frumzen and St. Mary's. Like I said, I think it's Frumzen's to lose
0: right now. I do too. And then Sulan Christian's last two games of the regular season against Whiting, a team that hasn't won a game yet this year in Allen Consolidation, which I'm sure is on the Nebraska side, because uh, I am not familiar with yes, Allen Consolidation. Yes, Alan, yep. All right, all right. Moving on now to Class 2 way in the boys' district pods. We'll start off with the top there in District 1, which includes Cherokee, NVAO, COU, Rock Valley, Sioux Center, Unity, and West Sioux. And then in District 2, includes... Alto East Isaac, Manson, Northwest Webster, the aforementioned OABCIG, Southeast Valley of Gallery, and South Central Calhoun. Um, let's let's break down District One for a quick minute here. Uh, West Sioux is the favorite. I'm not discounting that, but do you think Unity, a team like Unity Sioux Center, or even a Cherokee, can challenge the Falcons?
1: Yeah, that'll be interesting. Uh, I, I, Sioux Center is not the team they were last year, so I don't think Sioux Center can.
0: I think if anyone's going to challenge them, it's Unity and,
1: and Cherokee, but I just don't think they have the firepower to keep up with West Sioux. I don't either. I think Cherokee might be able to keep up with them better than Unity, to be honest with you. Um, Ryan Hurd's having a really good year for them, but I just think as an overall team unit, that's, that the advantage goes to West Sioux in this one. Um, kudos to Cherokee in the year they're having there they're surprising a lot of teams, but I, you know, and I think they'll give no K Okay. Test. It's no cakewalk for West Sioux, which I think it's good for them. It's yeah, also yeah. not any, any world beaters, but I don't think it's any cakewalk. <laughs> so, cause when you look over at district two, it's OABCIG BCIG in South central Calhoun. Um, and South Central Calhoun is playing pretty well lately. So, I mean, yes, they are. West Sioux, West Sioux even going to the other end, I think they can handle ABCIG, but South Central Calhoun I think gives them a pretty good fight in that one, and I think that's a good test to get to State. I think West Sioux beats South Central Calhoun, but I think it's a good test to go to State for West Sioux, which is good considering two is a bit deep right now. You know, Van Meter's playing really well as well. Uh, different style. They play more defense, so that'd be a crazy matchup for West Sioux and Van Meter. So <laughs> it's a good test for it's a good test for West Sioux going to state here but I, I do think they're the team that punches their to state in this one.
0: I do too and I, I also agree with you on the fact that they need to be tested going into state not that they haven't had tests in the regular season for God's sakes they've beaten what Dakota Valley they've they've beaten really yeah. good teams in the area so it's not like they haven't had good tests.
1: It's more but, the fact that you just don't want two weeks of cake games Yeah, so. I,
0: right and of
1: and absolutely just easy just you know, base, base. you know, easy games. So
0: Sure, sure. And then District 3, District 4, and District 3, the te- the six teams in that district are Boyden Hall, Emmitsburg, North Union, Pocahontas, Sheldon, and Sioux Central. And in District 4, the teams there are Central Lion, Okaboji, Sibley Cheton, Spirit Lake, West Lion, and Western Christian. Going back to District 3 for a second, um, the team that stands out to me, two teams that stand out to me, I guess, here are, are uh, Boyden Hall and Sioux Central. Now, granted, Sioux Central, I haven't put them in any of my A- associated press polls yet this year. But from the stats I've seen from the emails that we've gotten sent in this year, um, Sioux Central has been competitive throughout the entire season. Now, Boy- Boyden Hall has been ranked. I think they-, they have more firepower, as you put it. And I think the comments do come out. Pun intended. The comments come out of that district, but I I, I think that's a more competitive district than what people think it will be.
1: I I think it's Sue central, but I think Boyden Hall handles Sue central. I really like the way Boyden Hall's been playing lately. Um, They've really... It's kind of a younger team. They've been playing really well, you know. They do have a loss off O'Brien. That was by seven points, but they've handled their business here. Three-point win against Rock Valley, which... I family's not as good as it have been, but you know, that's another nice, that's not, that's a big rivalry game between those two of the yes, it is. fair football program, So it'll be interesting. I, I think Sioux central does test Boyd and Hall, but I do think they come out and handle them. Um, I just want, cause I think the Siouxland is a tougher conference than what the twin lakes is. So they've been tested a bit more. Um, yeah, you see that so that that'll be interesting. Sioux Central's got some good scoring. We'll see if they can keep up against the Boyden Hall team that's been able to put up some points. 74, 72, 78, mm-hmm. 79. I mean, there's a lot of seventy-point games, that, a couple eighty-point games in this. They've been able to score some points with a bunch of players that are kind of new this year, Tanner Keeslaw and Keaton Mosier and Marcus Kelderman and Andrew Frick. So they, they they've really rounded out. I think Frick's a returner from last year, so so they, they've really improved. You know, for being a young team, they've really come out really strong this year. So um I think they'll be able to handle Sioux Central and make it on to District 13. I think it'll be a decent test. Um, I do like what Sioux Central has done this year, so that'll be fun to see how they hold up against them. And God, that's that's a hectic of a get to state game because it should be Western Christian. West yes. Lions West Lion's shown some stuff here and there. So I'm so not is gonna about So is Okoboji, but they haven't been able to finish. That's been the thing with Okaboji. I want to put them in that mix, but they haven't been able to finish some of these tougher games, like I've like I've wanted them to. They've got you know a good combo with Helmers and Lorenzen. Um, whoop, I got the Okaboji girls basketball team, and, and guess what? They're uh, they're better than the boys team's record, so that should have been a tip off. But Jameson Helmers is a Briarcliff uh, commit too. So, but there's just some games where they haven't been able to finish them out. Um, they'll play tough with them for a half. Three quarters and the, it kind of gets away from them. George, they didn't beat George Little Rock, but Sioux Center was one of those games where Sioux Center got them. Sioux Center's down. MLC Floyd Valley pulls away for a 20 point win. Boyd in the hall, they, they played him within five, but weren't able to finish that game. They weren't able to finish the West Line game that they lost by two. The, the two point loss to Central Line, the one point loss to George Little Rock. It's that finishing the game that, that's going to be crucial for them. You know, a six-point win over Sibley Alcheden is good for them, but they've got to be able to make some stops that late against some pretty good teams to get on. Um, and I just think this is too tough of a, a, a district for them to prove that right now, and it might be too late in the season um, in that aspect. Granted, they've got Central Line, West Line, and Boyden Hall to finish out the year. If they can f- figure it out in these last three games, yeah, we'll see. But right, I, I can see West Line testing Western Christian, Maybe Spirit Lake. Um, that's kind of a, a team that's kind of one of these things isn't like the other. And that's a Lakes Conference team with a lot of Siouxland teams. So that'll be an interesting matchup with that aspect with, with Spirit Lake. Um, so that District 4 is a little more interesting than that District 3 because it's really just Sioux Central and Boyden Hall. Whereas the other ones, you kind of look at each team and say, no, they, they've got a little intriguing aspect to each one of them. Um, finding Spirit Lake here, they are 11-8 and 8 on the season. Uh, they do have they do do have a loss to Cherokee by 12, so they're okay. West Line's okay, but the team that's been the most consistent out of all of them has been Western Christian. Mm-hmm. I think that's the key. They've been the consistent team. We, we don't know what West Line team we're getting each night. We don't exactly know what Okaboji team we're getting every night. We don't know what Central Line team we're getting every night. West Line does have a five-game winning streak going on right now. Um, With one of those wins coming against West – West Sioux. I don't remember them beating West. Yeah, so they they're coming off a win against West Sioux last week, so that which is of course huge. Like... I don't remember West. La- I don't remember West Sioux losing that game last week. By the way, I think that might be a typo. To be honest, because um, I thought West Sioux won that game last week. Um, so, but you know they've played some tough games. So I see it being West Line versus Western Christian for the district title. I do too. And, Either team that comes out of that, I don't. I got to give Boyden Hall the edge against either one of those teams, though. Even against Western Christian, I got to give Boyden Hall that. I think they're a little bit more consistent than Western Christian. I think that's going to kind of be the key there. So I, I, I think it's Boyden Hall having the edge to get the state in this pod.
0: Moving on to class 3A now, and we only really have to worry about one sub state here. This is just sub states now in class 3A and 4A, no district play. In 3A and 4A, because there's less teams in the classes, and in substate number one in class 3A, it involves Bishop Peelian, Carroll, Estherville, es- es- Lincoln Central, Lemoore's MOC, Floyd Valley, Sergeant Bluff, Luton, Spencer, and Storm Lake. And clearly, the top two teams in the substate are Carroll and MOC Floyd Valley. But it's the number three team.
1: Yeah, they're clearly the number three team. MLC and Carroll are, are completely ahead of them. I, I do have to say in that in that West Line West Sioux game I was talking about. Yeah, go I, was ahead. At, I was looking at the girls one. That's why it's completely oh, I was okay. At the one, so I'm, I'm an idiot. Um, in terms of that, in terms of the three A districts, yeah, it, it's West mm-hmm. or not West Sioux. Uh, Sergeant Bluff is clearly behind MLC and Carroll. I mean. It, it's not even a question right now where they rank between those w- with those two. Right now, it's clearly MLC and Carroll, and I'm interested to see if they get put on the Carroll side of things, or if they get put on the MLC side of things. Because to be honest, Lamar's might be ahead of Sergeant
0: Bluff in this race right now. Yeah, yeah, they might be because Lamar's is playing really well right now too. And yeah. next week they have to face East twice next week because of res- rescheduled game from. The Craziness that was, I think, the week of the Cinos. I think, but um, yeah, but Lamar's, I think, I, I kind of agree with you. I think I would put them third. Healens coming on strong though, too. They put, they looked uh really good in a couple games in the last couple
1: they've, weeks. They've they've hit a rough stretch. I think they've lost five of their last six, so so I, I'd have to put them below Sergeant Bluff in that aspect. Yeah, they've lost uh. Six of their last seven
0: games. Okay, so. that one, one being North. I take it. Ah, uh, yes, you are okay. correct.
1: I did see so, that. Yeah, yeah Lamar's at that night.
0: Yeah. yeah,
1: so they were on a good stretch here for a bit. Then they've really hit a rough stretch here. And then they almost again, beat so.
0: Lincoln too. I think yes, about what's to part of that
1: stretch. Yep, they lost to Sergeant Bluff by eighteen, and they lost to two to Lincoln. But since then, they got pounded by East. They did have the one against North. Got pounded by Lamar's. Lost by four to West. Last by 11 to, to Western Christian. So they've got Sergeant Bluff on Friday. I, I'd have to say Sergeant Bluff is the clear four in that one because Lamar's has that win over Sergeant Bluff. So right now, it'll be interesting to see where Sergeant Bluff gets, how, how, how this all works out. I'm, I'm going to take a guess at Carroll, Estherville, Lincoln Central, um, Spencer, and Storm Lake put in one side. And Healin, Lamar's, MLC, Flood Valley, Sergeant Bluff, Luton and get put on the other side. It's kind of tough because Carol's the one that's kind of farther out than all the all the other ones. So,
0: yeah. Uh, on Tuesday night after the Sergeant Bluff East game, uh, East coach Ras Vanderloo told me that he still thinks his seven and ten Warriors team still has the ability that still has the the firepower to get to state. Do you agree with him?
1: I think Ross is being nice. Ross is being nice right there because. They do have firepower, but at some point you have to show it on a more consistent basis. You said it, seven and ten. They've got they've got talent, but it's not quite all there. It's not all put together, and just they miss Connor Groves a lot. And I just don't know. They don't have enough shooting from the outside to free up Daniel Wright. And while it looks like there's perceived firepower, they don't get it on a consistent basis from outside of Daniel Wright. That I just can't buy into it right now. They're a state tournament team. On paper, they they should have been. We said it before, they, they could have been a state tournament team. But, you know, paper doesn't always translate onto the court, and that's, that seems to be showing right now. And I think Brass is being nice because, you know, Adam's very uh, – I really like the coaching staff. Sergeant Blessing, yes, I but do. Right now, I, I do think, too. I don't think they're a tournament team. I don't even know if they're – I'll get to the sub-district uh, final or not even get that – I don't even think they're get to the sub-state final type. Matchup right now, so I,
0: th- I think the biggest problem has been their defensive inconsistency. I, I, they've shown flashes of offensive consistency, and yes, that's a problem too. But I think it's the defensive inconsistency, and, and like what Ross told me after the game too, uh, he's seen six different types of defenses from Sergeant Bluff in, in the last couple of weeks, and when when you have to utilize that many defenses, that kind of tells you one. It's one of two things. One either you're playing a diverse set of teams and in this area of the state, I don't think that's necessarily completely true. So the second thing is, you're trying to find a defense that works. And obviously, there's just not that defense that is working right now for the Warriors, which is which is unfortunate because they absolutely have athletes on on that roster and on paper and and on the floor too uh, from, the, from the eye test. But they just aren't showing it defensively, and I think that's the one thing that's killing them right now: is their defensive inconsistency.
1: I don't know. I think it may be more offense for them, because in that first quarter they didn't score, and that's what really got to them. And it seems like offense, offense outside of Daniel Wright, has been a really key concern for them. They're only averaging fifty-one points a game, and that's that's pretty low. I mean, forty points against Council Bluffs Lincoln, thirty-nine against Papillia La Vista. 50 against Lamar's. When they crack the 60 point mark, they do well, but they don't do it often enough. 33 against Dennison Schleswig. 45 against Scott. A couple 60 point games where they really lost to Western Christian, Dakota Valley, but I just don't think they've they've had the scoring to do it. You know, they've held teams to an okay amount. You know, yes, 70 against East, but 52, 29, 61's not a bad spot either. 50, 55, 41, 36, 40. They've only allowed more than 60 points four four times. That's not that's pretty good. To hold, to only allow more than 60 points three times. To me it's their scoring
0: hasn't been good enough. And and that's been a problem too. And that's a good call by you by by pointing out that 60 point threshold, but and they have had some scoring off the bench a little bit. Nick Muller had a couple big threes. Jake Lehman's been scoring a little bit. Derek Fitzgerald's trying to figure some stuff out. But but it all happens on the defensive end. And, yeah, yeah, there are a couple games where I kind of give Sergeant Bluff a pass. The Papillion-Levista game being one. The Denison game being another. Uh, that Denison game just seemed like it was just a standstill type of game. But... Um, I, I do agree, too, at the end of the day. I don't think Sergeant Bluff even gets to that sub state final, and it's, it's just going to be um, accounted as a disappointing season for the Warriors, and they'll have to figure out how, how they can handle next year without a, a, a scorer like Daniel Wright, who's g- going to go out to Wisconsin to play football.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, Jake Lehman's going to have to step up along with Majuk Majuk. Those are the two right there I point off to you right away. Those are the two that are, that are really going to step up next year.
0: Absolutely. Moving on now to these Class 4A sub-state assignments. And like the team we talked about uh, mentioned, the Sioux City East Black Raiders are in the same sub-state as Ames, Ankeny, Fort Dodge, North, and West, which is really interesting because usually it's um, the Council Bluff schools and the Sioux City schools Usually in the same pod, but not this yeah, year. They,
1: they split them up. Uh, where did Lincoln get to? Uh, Lincoln is in with with Jefferson, Hoover, Dowling, Lewis Central, and Urbandale. So that's a tough sub state right there. But yes, it um, is. But that's not saying that East got an easy sub state either because Ankeny's been good this season. I'm not going to say great. They're they're kind of along the same lines as East. We don't quite know what to do with them, but I I feel East loss have been a little better. Well. I don't know. Ankeny's loss to Des Moines Roosevelt. Isn't that great? But there are the losses are to Ankeny, Centennial, and Dowling. So, I mean, it's it's tough to kind of gauge. I think that's a good matchup between Ankeny and, and East East right there, and I think that's what yes. it gets to. Um, I guess I don't know Fort Dodge's record. Ames is about a 500 team from what I believe. So, I really think this comes down to Ankeny and, and Sioux City East to get to State. Oh, Fort Dodge do won too. 16. So, uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, it'll see how that game goes. Yeah, the Dodgers aren't gonna be much of a factor there. So of course, East does have to look out for West. That's always a knockout dragon fight, and West really gives them a battle, but I think East gets by that. Faces Ankeny. Where you got Braxton Bayless with twenty three points a game and Jackson Smith sixteen points a game. And Jordan Co- Coombe with uh nine point eight points per game. I think you know it'll be it'll be a fun, fast paced game and who gets the stops? That's gonna be the key in that game. Who gets the stops? Uh, in order to get the state
0: between East End and Ankeny? Yeah, and, and uh, that'll be a fun, fast-paced game and, and it's I'm just a little surprised that going back to not having the two not having Lincoln with Jefferson in that same pod. But good for Tom Keating, the new director of the Iowa High School Athletic Association, to decide to mix things up a little bit and kind of give different teams a different look in the playoffs and then in past years and who knows what he's going to do with the football uh, districts and all that stuff that comes out later this week too. But it, I think this is the first of many examples of uh, Tom Keating wanting to change things up a little bit.
1: I don't know if it's so much changing things up that he went with. I, I think, some, I think it's, it's to give Lincoln a little bit more because, I mean, you look at Lincoln and none of those teams I mentioned are ranked. They're tough, but they're not ranked. So I think he's giving Lincoln a little bit more a clearer path where Ankeny has been the tougher team of, 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 a Dowling or, or Lewis central. So it might be something he's trying to get the best teams to state. Um, in that aspect, cause let's see, it's eight sub states. The other one, you have Bettendorf North senior. You got senior going against Prairie, probably to get to state. The other one, you got Cedar Falls versus Hempstead probably to get to state. Um, you look at substate three, it's probably West Waterloo West versus North Scott to get to state. That one's kind of a yep. tough one right there. Those are two yes. teams right there. Kennedy's shown flashes, but they haven't been consistent. Substate five, you have Iowa City West and Davenport Central. Substate six, you got Ankeny Centennial and I ranked Indianola this week, to be completely honest. I ranked Indianola this week. They've been playing really well lately. Um, so I think he's trying to get the best teams to state the only the only way you only place you really see I guess West Des Moines Valley is ranked this week that can't that happened after these pods were out and that'll be Waukee so I think it kind of separate to, to kind of get the kind of the best teams to state in that aspect and I don't know who you'd really put in that sub state eight along with with Lincoln if you move things around yeah. maybe you put Lewis Central in sub state one and move Ames over or something like that I don't or and that but I I I don't know. I think sometimes you can't always just put them in the same grouping. I, I, yeah, I think it's a Keating – maybe it's a Keating change, but I just think, you know, maybe it's also common sense. So.
0: And, and what – I think a lower Central East sub-state final would be fun too, and hopefully maybe we'll see that in Des Moines if that plays out that way. But, um, yeah, I, 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 I don't mind this pods. I, I, I like how these are set up. Um Both competitively, geographically, I, I I like how these are set up.
1: Yeah, I do. I, I like how it's set up too. And I, I the the North Scott Water the West one is kind of a little hard to avoid. But maybe I'd switch North out with uh, I don't know. West has been good, so I don't Water the West has been pretty good, so I don't know. It's tough to say what you'd kind of change in this aspect. So. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and it's unfortunate that maybe a program like North Scott would have to travel, what, three-ish hours up to Waterloo? I've made that drive, so I, 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 it would be a little bit of a haul, but um, it's not too terrible, and it's I, like you said, it might not be completely avoided because in the other substates, yeah, Ankeny and East are uh, not close together, but the other parts pretty much are. Substate 2 is Iowa City school corridor schools and Bentendorf in north. Uh substate three is basically corridor schools with the two Waterloo schools and North Scott thrown in. Substate four um is basically uh Cedar Valley schools because uh Clinton and uh uh Hempstead might do so I thought it was Western Dubuque I was looking at but substate four it's not too bad and, and the others aren't that bad either. Substate six it's is the IML schools, and so is Substate Seven. If you want to throw Mason City in that mix, so I, I think geographically this this all makes sense, and I think competitive wise this all makes sense too. I'm not saying the changes are bad; it's just surprising to see them this way.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think I, I I'd like to see how it comes out. I don't, you know, each each year is just different because you have different hierarchies and such, and 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 I mean, that's just the thing. Each year is different, so and I think. Well, yeah, I got changed up maybe just because this year's different a bit. So, Because yeah. is Abe Lincoln always this good? So, I mean, for East
0: no, – That's true, too.
1: That's the thing. Abe Lincoln is better than they have been. So, you know, maybe they wanted to split them in East up because of that reason. Instead of the same old, same old, you, sh- you see a team that's been playing pretty well and say, hey, if you think they can get to the State, then give them the advantage. Because I- I've had them ranked
0: for much of the season. Right, right. And I have, too. And uh, Lincoln has proven – I've seen Lincoln twice – I think I've seen them twice, at least twice. And they're a very competitive ball club, and they are a a team that likes to play downhill and uh, good for a council bluff school to be that competitive and have the opportunity to uh, have a good chance to get to state. Now let's move on to the wrestling side of things as you're listening to the SCJ Preps podcast here on SiouxCityJournal.com. Make sure to check out SiouxCityJournal.com for a, a bunch of stories, uh, that we've done in the last two weeks on prep basketball, prep wrestling. Uh, Justin, uh, Barry Poe, and I did a heck of a job covering National Signing Day from a football standpoint on Wednesday. So make sure to go check out com for photo galleries, videos, past podcasts, and, of course, stores as well. Let's jump into the wrestling here. It's sectional wrestling weekend as the uh, the Road to State. Starts so this weekend, and I'm just gonna hit it up to you. What are you looking at as a sectional start off on Saturday?
1: Uh, mostly some class 2A stuff with healing, uh, being up there with Sergeant Bluff, and, and Sergeant Bluff is hosting I Will not be there, I will be actually be in Sibley uh, in that aspects. But there, there's some interesting 2A ones here, especially with what's happened in the last week or so. Uh, uh, looking at the class 2A assignments, I get them pulled up here. Um, like I said, Sergeant Bluff is hosting. Uh, they got on there. They got MLC Floyd Valley, ABCIG, and Ridgeview. Honestly, it, for that one, yeah, there's some decent matchups, but Sergeant Bluff should come out pretty well in that one. They, they, they cleaned up pretty well in the MRAC. Um, that was a pretty good day for them. Um, it really looks the. I'm looking at that 2A sectional with Boyd and Hall Rock Valley, Central Lion, Shelton, South O'Brien, Sioux Center, Spirit Lake, West Lion. The heavyweights come to mind. You know, you've got Chris Vanderbrink. You have uh, Jordan, uh, Tur- uh, and, uh, I'm sorry, Jordan Van meer in there. You've got Jarrett Meyer in there for the heavyweights. Only two can move on. Well, and that's three ranked guys right there. So they will have to move on. And plus you got T.K. Lang in that mix. And they've all kind of alternated wins and such here and there. So it'll be interesting to see who comes out of the heavyweights there. Um, also, uh, Zachary Rosenboom with a nice win o- over – Vanderweird here this past week, so will that continue on that? Good first name. Um, yeah, so, uh, Bryce Vanderweird is what it is, so, uh, oh, you mean Zachary, really. yeah, yeah, so, yes. um, so that'll be interesting to see who goes on, because that'll be a tough one at, at, at Sergeant Bluff, so there's not a ton of really intriguing things, you know, the people who should move on to sectionals will, um, there'll be an upset here and there, but there's not a ton of crazy tough matchups. Um, last year, I know, healing and son, son, Central Line, George Little Rock, really went after it last year. Um, so uh, we'll see if any uh, – West Line did just beat uh, Central Line in, in a tournament this past – at the Siouxland Conference Tournament. So I'm going to see how West Line really pushes with them because that will determine the duel who goes to the duels. So if West Line can somehow punch their ticket to a duel in Sergeant bluff, that would be very interesting uh, in that aspect. Um, but I'll be in Sibley. Uh, it will be my first chance to watch West Sioux and see – How the lineups are doing, Adam Allard, of course, and 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 from there, so that one should be a pretty interesting uh, uh, matchup too, with with how West Sue does. I think right now it's all kind of looking like it's shaping up pretty well. The people who should who should move on will move on, so um, in that aspect.
0: Uh, I want to do one little quick hit on signing day here. Uh, Let's talk about the big the big thing that happened this week in Daniel Wright uh, committing flipping his commitment from Sioux Falls to Wisconsin, I think that's in, an incredible thing for the area to have what, th- like we've talked about, what, three D1 quarterbacks with Deku's going to Iowa State, Cooper DeGene has the ability to be a Division one caliber quarterback, and, and with uh, Wright going to Wisconsin, that says a lot about this area. I, I really think that says a lot about this area.
1: Yeah, that's pretty unprecedented right there, that group right there. I mean, I've been trying to think of areas that I've had better – We've had D1 quarterbacks here and there, but not, not three-in-one area. and I, uh, That's just really special for the area. Um, that's mm. huge. No matter – you can say whatever you want. If Hunter's going to make it to Iowa State, I think he will.
0: I Whether, think he does, too. Happen,
1: it's a preferred walk-on for Daniel Wright, and Cooper doesn't have his D1 offer yet. Cooper's going to go play D1 football. I do, too. Hunter is going to play D1 football. Daniel Wright is now going to play D1 football. No matter power what you want to think, power five football, not just D1 yeah. football, power five football. Yeah, these these are these are all power five offers for these guys too. So, uh, whatever you think, fine. Whatever they've got the offers, it's what that coaching staff thinks of them coming out of high school. Plain and simple. You know, no one thought Bri- Brock Purdy was going to be everything that he is, but he is. He wasn't a huge star recruit, so it's all what your coaching staff thinks of you. If Wisconsin has the faith in Daniel Wright. Go for it. You know, I, I think this is huge to have three D1 quarterbacks, all with power five offers, interest going there. It, it's unprecedented in the state of Iowa, plain and, and simple.
0: And I think Wright can play well under Paul Kritz's system, too, which I think that, that adds to the mystique of this.
1: Yeah, well, he's got to, I'm, I'm not going to put the cart before the horse in that aspect. He's got to earn that starting spot first. He's not going to earn it this year. Not this year. I'm
0: not saying this year. No.
1: And he's got two freshmen ahead of him, along with another sophomore. So it's it's a long road for Daniel Wright. It is at anyone any Power Five school to play quarterback. So we got a bit to go yet for see how it pans out and such. So if he does, yes, I think it fits him. You know, but maybe Paul Chris isn't exactly the quarterback and or the coach in four years. Who knows what can happen? So
0: I'll say right now.
1: Right now, it looks good for Daniel Wright in the system. It's a long road, though.
0: Yes, yes, but, but good for him taking that bet on himself, taking a line from your story to bet on himself to, to take that risk and, and see what he can do at Wisconsin. Yeah,
1: the the Athletics seem to like that line, too. The Athletics seem
0: to like that line, too. Don't read The Athletic, though. Read the Sioux City Journal, and make sure you go to com for all uh, local content, high school, college, um we're in full force full winter force here post seasons right around the corner as you've been listening to for the last uh 63 plus minutes and we're both excited for it and spring's right around the corner which means no more snow no more cold weather and uh which which can make everybody happy uh here in the siouxland as the winter returns to spring For Sports Editor Justin West, this is Assistant Sports Editor Zach James. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you next week.